Today's show is brought to you by CatConnection.com. For all of your home brewing needs, visit CatConnection.com and use the promo code HHH to receive 5% off your order. Entertaining shows with content that spreads information and sparks discourse throughout the community. This is the Pearl Media Network. Welcome to the Homebrew Happy Hour. This is the show where we supply the answers to your homebrewing questions and discuss all things related to homebrewing beer. If you have a question that you would like discussed on a future episode, visit homebrewhappyhour.com and click on the Submit a Question link at the top of the page. I am your host, Joshua Steubing, and I am joined today once again by our resident pro and the owner of KedConnection.com, Todd Burns. Todd, another episode, another day. How are you doing? Well, listen, I'm doing okay, but I, I want to talk about how you're doing. I mean, you're today's a big day. You're uh, having the baby today, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, getting your, yeah new, getting your new baby at home. Yes, I, yes. To clarify, yeah, I am. I have um, been affiliated with you for uh, seven years now. A long time, and yes. have never had a kegerator in your home yes. in my home never yeah, i've always had yeah. access <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no there's never been a shortage of, of draft beer in my life yes but yes. no but yeah it's, it is true today i'm i'm the proud new owner of of a uh kegerator one of the one of the ones you sell directly on the site absolutely yeah so uh i'm excited about you actually having that in your home and I think we're going to have to switch back to recording in your office going yeah, forward. Absolutely. Yeah, we are recording from Tech Connection HQ again because I did want to come and, and pick it up myself. Y'all aren't that far a drive from me to make. And, you know, I'll be honest, too. The episode we did may have been episode number two. I don't remember. But where the guy is talking about having like a turnkey kegerator solution or should he convert a chest. Or, right, right. I, I thought about that and, and was thinking, you know, the turnkey that you offer on the website is just perfect. Perfect for for people that don't, you know. I'm, you know me, but I'll clarify for the audience. I'm not a handyman. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, not not from the standpoint of some things. Although I am very impressed with your audio visual yeah, handyman but abil- no, but, abilities. But you know what? Like, you've I don't, done a great job on that. I don't own power tools. I have a screwdriver, but but I don't own. I'm not the manliest of, of men. I blame my generation. I'm a product of my generation. I think that you'd call me a millennial. I'm not sure. I'm almost thirty. So whatever generation that falls into. Yeah, I guess my generation was the last manly generation. Is that what you're saying? I think your father's was. But okay, okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair but, enough. But my point being is that turnkey solution is just so great because I'm, I'm going to take it home. All I have to do is just drill the holes for the tower, bolt it on, and plug the fridge in, and bam. I've, yep, got a, I've got a working kegerator. That's right. Not, uh, you'll be ready to go. And not that there's a whole lot more to other ones besides you know drilling shank holes or whatnot, but there can be, right? I've seen some pretty complex uh, kegerator builds, especially chest, the teasers, what they call them. That- well, there's a difference here. I mean, some some people want to put a whole bunch of taps on. They, they brew a lot of beer. They want lots of different variety. They've actually got uh, some space set aside. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are they're in charge of their own destiny when it comes to their home. 
So they're not dictated by other people in their home. That's a nice way of saying I finally convinced my wife (laughs) to let me put one in. But you've been in my office. My office was needing a kegerator. Oh, it needs a kegerator bad. It was crying for it. So, yeah, next time you come to – so when we have uh, the future episodes to record, we'll we'll definitely have uh, more draft beer on, not just bottles. That's great. I look forward to that. It's Always. Gonna, it is going to be. It's going to be fantastic. And so um, let's get into the show. Let's start asking and answering some questions. Well, well, well wait. I got a question first. Uh-oh. Uh, so with last episode, I believe it was last episode, we talked about beard length. Uh, hose length. Hose length. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, beard length. That's not really, can't really have a length. Anyway, <laughs> hose length. Yeah. So what did you decide? Five feet, seven feet, ten feet. What are you going to put on your kegerator? It, it, it's five feet. And only because that was what uh, came standard when I was working with your guys in the warehouse to build it. Uh, they, they gave me five feet of the uh, 316th line, and we, we kind of determined that that would be um, more than necessary, right? The four and a half feet to five feet range, kind of that catch-all. Yeah, with, well, the top of beer you're going to be pouring, it's going to be perfect. So, yeah, I think you made the exactly. good, good decision well, there. And, and a funny thing, too, we, you know, we talked about nitro in a past episode. That always would be something I could add to to that um, turnkey kegerator, right? Yeah, it's got a little room in the back, so it actually has a space to put a CO2 cylinder. But if you wanted to have a line that was nitro, what you could do is even put a nitro tank on the inside and have one line coming from the CO2 on the outside and then have one tank on the inside and actually have one tap serving nitro and the other tap serving uh uh, CO2, if that's what... I, I mean, I, I... I probably won't jump right into it. Right, but, right. But I know, again, the, so, it's so easy with, with what I got, which is, ooh, KR101 is the skew, I believe. I believe that's right. I don't know yeah. what it is, but... Oh, oh, so you got a single tap, not a double tap. <laughs> no, I don't... Pardon me. I thought a double tap. I think that's... Uh, anyway, well, well, well... I got a double tap kegerator, mm-hmm. and, and, but the idea behind it is I know... that I, I got in very basic now. But what I love about it, and it's the whole industry, not just, or pardon me, the whole, whether you have your, a Keezer or your own fridge conversion or one of these turnkey solutions, uh, upgrading is just a simple thing. Like if I need new faucets, it's as easy as replacing them. Oh, if yeah. I need a bigger CO2 cylinder, it's as, you know what I mean? Like the upgrading, it couldn't be simpler. Yeah, it is very simple. It's gotten to the point now when when this industry was younger, it it got complicated. You had to cut your lines, and you had to do all right. kinds of things. Now it's it's well, the way the connections are and everything. It's so quick and easy to well, to change things around. And that y'all provide uh, swivel nuts on the end of the lines. And so what I love is because you know I'm not always going to be uh, able to homebrew. And I but in, in truth be told, there are some retail draft beers that I really want in that kegerator. Right. So I can easily unscrew the ball lock connection that I have on one of the lines put on my Sainty commercial tap and then go buy a keg, or I guess you lease them technically. You're not buying a keg. But well, you buy the beer in the keg and then you get to use a keg while you're pouring it. So what you said you're going to buy some of your favorite commercials. Is that Coors Light or Bud Light or what? <laughs> no, well, I, I'm actually – so Sierra Nevada's uh, IPA that they've got, uh, um, I'm looking at. Uh, left hand, my – you know, there's – in our area, Spets is the big dealer. And uh, but they don't carry. I wanted to get. We talked about last episode. Left hands um, uh, melt stout. That would be great to have, like a little seven gallon, a slim keg in, in my fridge. 
Yeah, and you got that little store, the yellow store in San Marcos. They can oh, get whatever yeah. cakes you want, I didn't even think too. about yellow yeah, store. Yeah, I have, yeah. And they will special order. Oh, yeah. They can get you anything. I, think. I do need to go to yellow store because they are much more in the know. Spets, nothing against them, but they do hire people that are like any retail store where they don't necessarily have to be experts on the product as much as just check you out at a register. Yeah, well... Well, we're, now we're getting into real detail, but they, they actually, the, the, some of the spec stores have a, a person that's in charge of the beer department that's an absolute expert, but I, I don't know. So you have, okay, because I'm thinking San Marcos, Kyle is what you're talking about. They open a new store there, I guess. No, so. no. Well, I have a local liquor store that I haven't asked him. It's called Fridays, and I could ask him to, to special order. Most places can special order anything, so you know that way you can... Just go real close, and usually they'll be f- real flexible on the kegs as that's well. That's probably so. what I'll do. I'll try first at my the one that's literally right outside my neighborhood, and then I know Yellow Store can help me out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yellow, they're good people. I don't mind name-dropping them a million times. I love the Yellow Store. Yeah, yeah, and they've all got uh, beards like you and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is why I like them. I'm, pre- I'm prejudiced <laughs> uh, on the beard. Let's get into the show. Let's <laughs> Our first question shares my namesake. It comes from a Josh uh, through the submit a question form on homebrewhappyhour.com. And Josh writes, what are your experiences with clone kits? I have a kegerator and have never homebrewed before, but it seems like a much cheaper option for me to brew a clone kit of Shinerbach than it is for me to keep buying pony kegs of it. You know, this question brings up, too, that I always forget there are a lot of people out there who own kegerators that have no intention of homebrewing. No, absolutely. We, get, we, we There's a lot more people that own kegerators that don't homebrew than there are people that... that that uh, homebrew and own kegerators. Right, and I think I've just been in. Enough. I think I've just worked with you long enough to where I just assumed if you have a kegerator, it's because you're going to homebrew. But there are tons of people, the kind that typically probably host for sporting event watching, uh, or watch parties, or or maybe they're just host or whatever that ha- that buy kegs every, once a quarter or, or once a month, depending on their. Yeah, I mean, I hate to name drop my buddy Guy Guy Youngblood. He always has a keg of beer in his kegerator, and he doesn't if homebrew. You know him in Austin. You should get to know him because <laughs> he's got free beer at his house. Go over there. But and no homebrewing though. No, he doesn't homebrew. See, and and again, I don't know why I was so ignorant to it, but but um, that that is a cool part again as well of people that that have kegerators is you, you don't have to homebrew to enjoy draft beer. Buy yourself a kegerator and go buy your favorite beer from the store. Yeah, absolutely. But but yeah. but back to but there's to, so many great beers on tap now that are in six barrels, so it's only five gallons. You don't have to get an enormous, you know, fifteen gallon keg and drink the exact same beer <laughs> night after night. Yeah, what you're doing, where you're getting two taps, you can buy two really good craft beers wow. and and have some variety in, in right out of your kegerator. Absolutely, and that, that's what my initial plan will be um, until I convince my wife to maybe let me have a bigger setup to start cooking. But that's a whole different topic at a whole different time. Back to put on Josh's though, uh, clone kits. I've never done a clone kit. Have you ever? Have you ever brewed a, a clone kit? I have. When I first started uh, brewing, I actually. It's funny because the question here is about Shiner Bach, mm-hmm. and this is a long, long time ago. But I think the first clone kit I ever did was a Shiner Bach clone kit. It must be popular. Yeah, because in our area, you know, that was kind of the first craft beer. That's what before there were craft beers, there was Shiner Bach. So when you got into homebrewing, you just naturally were going to try to create what you had uh, kind of grown up drinking. So uh, that's the reason I did that. But, I mean, I think 
there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with doing a clone beer, but one of the points of homebrewing is to create your own beers mm-hmm. and and really take what you like about a beer and, and enhance that part of it or uh, create something that you're going to enjoy. So start with a clone kit if you want. And then you may say, well, I like this part of it, but I want to change the, the amount of the, the type of hop or the type of yeast. I want to change the taste a little. As you get more and more into homebrewing, you'll, you'll probably go away from the clone kits, but they're a great place to start. If the clone kit that you did, was it like a one-for-one? One? Was it a home run? Did When you poured it to someone who didn't know it was a clone kit, would they have said, hey, thanks for giving me a glass of Shinerbach? No, absolutely not. In fact, it was better than a. It was better. It was. It was. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I. I thought it, it tasted better. Of course, I probably. Uh, it may have been because it was one of my first home brews. You're but, right. Uh, and they always taste better it, when it, you brew it. Right. Right. But it, it was. Uh, it was different. I mean, it's very hard to get exactly, precisely the same taste, even within the own brewer. You know. You know, within the brewery, that's one of their challenges uh-huh. is is consistency and making it taste the same every time. For you to take try to create a recipe without actually knowing their recipe and, and and make an exact clone, I mean, what's the point of that, really? I mean, just go buy... Uh, Is it kind of like Dr. Pepper and Mr. Pibb? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, the, the whole point of homebrewing beer is to make your own beer. I, I mean, it's... Uh, it's a little bit of work, so I think eventually you'll you'll actually enjoy making your own style and getting it to the point where you think it's even better than the one you're cloning. Yeah, well, and, and to his point, to address this part of his question, rather, um, it it probably would be a cheaper option if that. I mean, if he wanted to give it a try, right? He said he'd never homebrewed before, and his interest is just because he's obviously spending a lot of money on on buying. He said pony kegs. That's the fifteen and a half gallon, right? Uh no, a pony is the eight gallon. Oh, uh, I thought those were slim. You're right. Well, the yeah, half eight barrel. Gallon. It's and they can vary a little bit depending on what's European or. But basically, it's a a a, a keg. Since you brought it up, we'll go yeah. through it. A barrel is thirty two gallons. Half barrel sixteen gallons. Quarter barrel is uh, eight gallons, and then a sixth barrel. Is typically five gallons. Okay. So, and which one of those is referred to as a pony? The eight gallon one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, when I saw the question, see, my I, I should have done my homework. I when I saw the question, I was thinking, man, how many how many sixteen gallons of shiner Bach is this guy going through to where he has to worry about it being cost efficient to homebrew or not? Well, it's definitely <laughs> cost efficient. I mean, it, you know, kegs, commercial beer kegs are fairly expensive now they used they used to not be as much but they, they've gone up like everything else so it you know I, I know the last time i went and purchased a six barrel i think it was 90 dollars, and uh it was a really good craft beer but it, it was 90 bucks and you could brew that same beer for somewhere between 30 and 40 dollars oh wow so yeah so and and, and just whatever you put your time at to to cost but but when you're doing this i mean you're having so much fun i mean it's not you're not thinking uh, well you're, that you're, was three hours of my life i'll never get back you don't think you that. save a lot of money homebrewing if you like really good beer if if you like a inexpensive american light lager you are never going to save any money by homebrewing you, so that clone kit of lone star i shouldn't i shouldn't look at <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, you're not going to save any money. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I'm, 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 I've been looking at that. That, that uh, I'm, I'm just joking. But it, that brings me to a question on this: Are are these clone kits? I think I know the answer. They're not supported by the brewer. I mean, these are these are just. Um, the community or the retailer taking a stab at the ingredients to make a beer similar to what the brand name is, correct? Well, the vast, vast majority of clone beers, is they're made exactly the way you're talking about. There okay. are some very specific examples of some breweries that have collaborated with, with shops uh, and, and provided there are, are some of the distributors and provided their exact yeast and ingredients to make a kit that's supposed to be an exact clone. So there are some oh, examples awesome. of that. Uh, but for the and I want to say again, I just said left hand, so maybe that's on my mind. But I want to say maybe left hands one or um, one of the other big ones out of California. I can't think of it. The one that that does the uh, Santa Claus ale every year and the. Oh, I'm drawing a blank, but anyway, it's that's, not Sierra Nevada. No, no, not Sierra Nevada. But anyway, there's a there's there's several there's a few of them that do that. Uh, I'll think of it here in a moment. Yeah, well, so Josh, they got your answer. You can uh, if you're going to get into home brewing, uh, clone kits is not a bad place to start, and and he'll he'll probably that'll be the gateway into him probably going above and beyond for clone kits. Yeah, absolutely. Let's keep moving on. Our next question comes from Lindsay. It's been a while since we had a female question, and she asked. Is it okay to homebrew with distilled water? Our tap water always has a funky taste, and I don't want that to affect our batches when we start to homebrew. If not distilled water, maybe just use store-bought filtered water. What do you think, Todd? Uh, you just opened up a hornet's nest with that question. Really? So, is, yeah. it, is, is it is it um, like the hose length one where it's just... No, no, it's worse. I mean, people uh, people have very strong opinions about this. If you go go look on forums, I'm sure I, that if you if you Google this, you're going to get strong opinions both ways. I would say most people would say that uh, most people would agree that distilled. The issue with distilled water is it's too perfect. I mean, one of the things that give gives beer a particular flavor is the water. Water's the largest ingredient in beer, and some mm-hmm. of the flavor that you get out of, we talked about clones in the last question, mm-hmm. right? One of the things you're going to have difficulty in creating an exact clone is, is you're not going to have the water that that brewery is using. And the water that that brewery is using, and somebody may call us and say, where did you get this guy? But I could pretty confidently <laughs> say it's not distilled water. Right. It, you know, it's going to be it's it's going to be something other than distilled. A local sourced water. A local sourced water. And the reason water, you can't yeah. replicate a local sourced water is because the minerals are so right, that right. different. I mean, you're, the water you're tapping here, and I'm only, you know, it, Austin's only three hours away. We're, our tastes are different in our tapped water. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say because the minerals are different yeah it's very di- in fact we i'm on well water on, on a on some land and the well water that i have makes in my mind makes really good beer i think it makes it's an excellent base for the beer some people's well water may have a terrible taste to it and, and would be very detrimental to the beer and in that case what you might want is a filtered water uh, you know, even even go to the gro- a lot of people go to the grocery store and they mm-hmm. fill up, uh, you know, they fill up a five gallon and and uh, carboy and they use the, the that type of filtered right. water that's gone through carbon filters. So your 
you're neutralizing the taste a little bit, but you're not taking all the minerals and all the other things out that they give it some uh, characteristics. So, like, she she specifically refers to a funky taste. You you don't think throughout the process, I mean, because you're boiling it and whatnot, the funky taste might not necessarily translate to a funky tasting beer. I don't know. I mean, I don't know in that particular circumstance and what's in her water. It, it really depends on what's in her water. You can go to the American, uh, you know, homebrewers conference this year, and I, I haven't. Uh, there is probably no agenda for it yet, but I guarantee you that at least one person will be doing an entire presentation on water. Really, just on water. That's all they'll talk about is water. Do you find is there is there a large support of distilled? She asked specifically distilled. Not, I mean, she talked about filtered water, but why? I, I'm curious why you think she might have brought up specifically distilled. Is that are well, there? I'm, people try, who, I'm trying to avoid the question. So, but you're going to make me answer. I, it. Okay. Yes, I. <laughs> the, 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 no, typically people are not going to use distilled water. They're going to use something other than distilled water. Okay. We're probably going to get some uh, emails about that. Well, but, what, yeah. what, what would an email say? I, I'm curious because I'm... Well, uh, they're going to say, I use distilled water for all my beer, and it makes the best beer in the world. You know what I mean? Well, right, but that's... I mean, but it, so it comes down to, again, subjectivity is what you're getting Absolutely, at. yeah. Okay, so distilled isn't wrong, just like tap water isn't wrong. It's uh, maybe maybe suggest for, for Lindsay to, uh, if they're going to start homebrewing, do a batch of both. Like may, maybe do or cut your five gallon batch into. Do we have, a, do we have another question? Or, or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm curious because I I don't know, know I mean yeah you know, I mean you, I have I spent many that... hours on homebrew talk and I haven't seen that much of a of a uh, fight and don't get me wrong I'm actually more in the sponsor showcase right right, so, right rather than in the 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 meat and potato discussions. Well, but, I, I say it in jest. I mean, again, this is what I always say about homebrewing. If you want to try it, try it. Yeah, that's what homebrewing's about: is trying different things and getting different results, and deciding whether you personally like that different result or you personally don't like that different result. Okay, and we'll move on after I just get an answer from this. If I said, looking at you, and they can't see your face, so they'll just have to judge by my vocal reaction. Todd, I'm gonna homebrew with distilled water. Oh, that's a big smile. See. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, perfect. Lindsay, you get a big smile from Todd Burns as we move on to our next question. No sarcasm involved at all. (laughs) And our our next question, it comes from a guy who called himself Man That Brews through uh, the uh, submitted question form on homebrewhappyhour.com. And he writes, give me some suggestions on convincing my wife that I need a complete brewing setup for my garage. I'm thinking cooking station, rats, all of that. Maybe if I keep our home kitchen a mess, she'll cave in. What do you think? Now, it's not that we had a lack of questions why I uh, threw this into today's show notes. As much as what a question, because uh, yes. it's gone through my mind. It's probably yes. gone through the majority of people that start brewing's mind that are married, uh, and and maybe their wife wasn't isn't initially on board with the whole hobby. <laughs> yeah, when I you know you've been trying you've been working on your wife for what seven six seven years now yeah, almost seven yeah. full years of working yeah. So and I told this story in another episode, so I won't go into it too much. But you know my first kegerator was given to me by my wife. It was an absolute, complete surprise, and I received it for Christmas. I just walked in the room, and there was a giant wrapped thing, and I unwrapped it, and there was a beer kegerator. And I knew at that moment that I deeply, 
deeply loved my wife, right? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. She, you made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I, it, yeah, it valid. I'd already married, but it validated the point That's that right. I'd made the right choice. That's right. So, you know, he jokes. I think he's joking about keeping the kitchen a mess. What? What are um, people who are listening who aren't maybe familiar? You can obviously start home brewing without a huge expensive setup you can use the existing stove in your kitchen you 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 can use the existing stove in your kitchen uh you can literally you know every location has different types of stores one pretty big regional chain around here is called academy Mm -hmm. they sell a turkey cooker uh, that, that basically fits on a propane bottle and i believe it is um uh, it starts probably $25 to buy one. Oh, wow. So, you you know, those things have a lot of BTUs. You can really get to your boil up fast with something like that. So there's some pretty inexpensive ways to do it to, where, to do where you, you out can of get kitchen. out of the kitchen. Yeah. Do you recommend that? Yeah, I do. I, I, I've uh, brewed a lot out of the kitchen, and I've brewed a lot in the kitchen. My wife, I'm lucky that my wife is uh, – it doesn't bother her a great deal. Of the, you know, she might comment on the smell. I, I love the smell of yes. it. Yes. But, uh, you know, she it doesn't bother her a great deal. It really bothers some people's wives. Or some ladies that brew it might actually bother your husband. Mm-hmm. You might want to, you know, check into that. Anyway um, – <laughs> Well, you know, I've seen there was a home brewing club in my neighborhood. Then they they've since um, disbanded. They're not they're not in existence anymore. Maybe we'll get that started again. But they used to all like you said those turkey uh, turkey cookers from like Academy. Yeah, yeah. And and have like a brew day where you know on someone's driveway, and they bring their the, their kettles and and it's a fun experience when you, when you get out of the kitchen, you do open the opportunity to make it a more eventful activity yeah, it's a social event we used to yeah. have some guys that brewed in uh, comanche and they brewed enormous amount of beer they, it was like i don't know 50 gallons of beer at a, at a time wow and they would literally have like a picnic and there would be about four guys that were the main guys that brewed a bunch of other people would show up to quote unquote help <laughs> and then they would often bring their wives and kids and they would have a barbecue oh, so it was a big social event so that's neat to well, brew like that so there's that and everything in between as far as you know how you brew now the, the one the one uh, thing that some people might be concerned with being outside is introducing things from the air that may not be inside oh yeah that's uh, a good point. so you you know you could you could possibly get a wild yeast or something like that into it but I've never, I've never had an issue. You never had a batch ruined because you were uh, cooking outside or brewing outside. Right, right. And the social part is, uh, it's not always everyone's main concern, but it is. I know, like in, like I was saying about the homebrew club in my neighborhood. I don't think it was a club as much as one guy started doing it with his garage door open, and when someone drove by and they saw it, they stopped and said, "Hey, man, you homebrew? So do I. We should get together." You know what I mean? It. Like I said, it just opens the opportunity up for you to be able to, uh, especially if you're doing it at your house in your in your garage or in your backyard or in your driveway. It opens the opportunity to maybe find someone in the neighborhood who who shares your hobby and and grow from there. Because brewing is more fun with other people. No, it is. It is, and it, you know, most brewers kind of go through a process. They start with, and we talked about this in another episode. But you, you start with, I can. A very basic kit, mm-hmm. and then you move on to a mini mash, and then you move on, to, you know, to uh, all grain, possibly all grain. And when you get to all grain, 
sometimes it's nice to have somebody there with you because you've got more work to do and, and you've got it helps to have a buddy to brew with when you do that plus it's such a long process it's nice to have somebody there to hang out with and make it a social event because you know, frankly sometimes when you're doing an all grain it can get to the point where it's you know it, it kind of uh, it's too much work it's yeah. too much work for one person when we talked about you can get into it very affordably like those those uh individualized uh turkey cookers but they also some retailers on the web sell full blown setups that are custom made don't they like custom made um i, I don't know if you call them like complete cooking or, or brewing setups you know where i you, yeah. they got multiple burners oh, and yeah, then they yeah. got the the elevated rack and i mean you can get pretty complex can't you you can drop some some pretty money and have yourself like your own little microbrewery in your garage you can drop as much money into it as you want i think I mean, you you could if you want to drop twenty thousand dollars into it you can and people certainly have i've i've uh, seen people that have homebrew setups in their garage that are as as nice as as uh, some of the setups I've seen in in breweries. I mean, and uh, we're not even talking about also the on the dispensing side. I've seen such nice automated, computerized uh, oh, yeah. dispens. And, and same with the brewing part. Very, you know, uh, with technology, there are some awesome setups. And I wish maybe we should um, on on either homebrewhappyhour.com or kegconnection.com or both. Maybe I can compile all the photos I've ever gotten of people who have these super complex setups that are automized yeah and that'd they, be great you know they got the computers are, ba- are are telling them what's going on real time you know with, with the fermenting and and uh you know automated alarm system to their phones hey time to do you know time to steep or, or whatever the the step may be right right yeah. there's really cool setups or you could again just do it like hey i'm doing a five gallon batch on my turkey cooker in my garage with my best friend yeah and, you, and you're gonna it'll it'll amaze you one thing that amazes me as somebody that's brewed a lot of different ways, you you sometimes will go backwards because you'll find that you've you, you've gotten more and more and more advanced, and and it takes longer and longer and longer, and then your life changes. You know, right. you have a baby, you uh, you get remarried, and whatever the case may be, and you decide, you know, I just don't have six or seven hours, and then you brew a, a, a simple, yep. abstract type uh beer yeah and then and then then you taste it and you go wow this is really good <laughs> yep <laughs> that is the beautiful thing of home brewing i love yeah. it you can like you said you can invest as much uh time and money as you want and, and there's various levels of enjoyment you can get from it i'm very content with the minimal effort and 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 just the enjoying the beer Right, right. You, you've always liked minimal effort. I, I, I will say that. Yes. You sound like my wife. <laughs> With that, let's wrap this show up because I don't, want to, I don't want her listening to that. Um, <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of Homebrew Happy Hour. If you have a question you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, visit homebrewhappyhour.com and click on the Submit a Question link at the top of the page. For all of your homebrewing needs, please visit www.kegconnection.com and make sure you use that promo code HHH, that's for Homebrew Happy Hour, to save 5% off your order. On behalf of Todd Burns, KegConnection.com, and the Pearl Media Network, I'm Joshua Steubing. Thank you for listening. <laughs>